Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to our Sunday morning breakfast and learn um, learning program. Coming to you live from the CBS community, Carlo of Summers in Philadelphia. And a true pleasure to be with the Yodim this morning. We continue with Hilchas Tam Batayra. We're going to begin uh, with getting back to a few of the points from last week. I ended off, you know, we had to cut some things out last week. We ended off talking about this halacha that the Shulchan Aruch brings down. That uh, there's an Indian to arrange the, the shear room when, when the Rebbe gives shear in a semicircle so that everyone can see him. So uh, I mentioned last week a Maiserav, an incident that happened with one of my Rebbeim. By Rav Asher, that I was on one side of the room, then a clot, you couldn't see Rav Asher. One side, you could see Rav Asher, but I had a nice, I had a decent seat where you couldn't see him. So I spoke it out with my Rebbe, and I mentioned last week the advice that I got from him. Just to clarify, and I know we, we jumped to uh, spooky things last week to talk about the Nitzaitis. But there is something in between, and, and I was maybe Makatsar a little bit, Yosemi died, just to speak out the, the, the connective tissue in between the question that I asked and the answer that I got. There are two reasons that are given Alder Hapshat, two ideas that are mentioned in the uh, Mepharshim on a, on a surface level as to why it's important to uh, see the Rebbe when he's giving shir, the Pasuk says, we learned this from this Pasuk, your eyes should see your instructor. Um, two reasons that are brought down based on Nigla are, A, attention span difficulties, you know, ADHD kind of stuff. We have a hard enough time focusing as it is and, and, and paying attention for more than a few seconds at a time. And in, in shir, you know, they have yet, they have yet to accommodate us, those of us with short attention spans, and they have yet to go around during Shear and give us all remote control so we can switch the channel in the middle of Marashi. If we don't like it, switch to Halacha, switch to Mishburu, switch to Chumash. No one does this. They're, they're a little bit inconsiderate, insensitive. We don't have remote controls. We can't change the channel in the middle of Shear. We're stuck. The one Shear, one program for, for, for more than five minutes is a scary thing. So in order to at least maximize our ability to focus and pay attention so you can see someone, you get at least visual feedback, not just audio feedback, so that does help with focus and concentration. There are actually a minority of people that, that maybe find that more distracting. Some people get caught up, you know, especially if someone, there's, 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 there's uh, people who use less hand motions, people who use more, more hand motions in giving shear. They say, I once, I once heard this, uh, that they say, Yidden in general, Yidden tend to use their hands more when they, when they speak, uh, more than going. I don't know if it's true or it's not true. Someone, I don't know if they, they did a study, they found that Jews and Italians use their hands a lot more when they speak, Rabbi Yisai. So they say, in general, they, they tend to use a lot more hand motions when they, when they talk, um, right, all that stuff. So, so if that's true, if that's true, so it could be uh, seeing a Rebbe might sometimes be a liability, you know, for people that have, that have difficulty with their, their hand motions, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, difficulty with their attention spans. But, but um, presumably, with this approach, we say, the, the, the mindless outweigh the chesreinus yatsa have said a bischarai, and ultimately people that have a hard time focusing, they're still going to get more of a hook when they see someone, as opposed to when they can't see someone, they get the visual together with the audio. That's one uh, understanding that's given out there, chapshat. The other one is in terms of really understanding. Sometimes uh, something can be said with ambiguity. That, you know, we know in Hilchas Lashon there's milsa de amra de betray ampe. Something that could be interpreted one way could be interpreted a different way. And a lot of times when you see someone you know, um, their facial expressions or their hand motions that, that gives an added dimension into understanding what he's saying to make sure you really are staying properly. Whereas if you only hear it and you don't see it, you know, you don't see 
Maybe, was he saying that, was he being sarcastic when he said it? Was he being facetious when he said it? Was it deadpan? Even people who like to give deadpan deliveries, you know, you see a little bit of a twitch maybe at the, at the corner of their mouth, the corner of their eyes. So I don't know if it was deadpan delivery. I, he didn't really mean that everyone should take off their shoes when they go up and down the stairs in the Nushul and Aratayah, right? He probably, probably was a joke. But if you only hear it, you don't see it, you don't get the visual feedback, so sometimes there's room to misunderstand. So these are the two reasons that are given Alder Hapshat as to why you should see the Rebbe, A, in order to make sure I, 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 I'm going to focus better, and B, to make sure I understand better. So that would really apply, you know, um, well, none of those are going to apply when you can't see them at all, obviously, but let's say, you know, we were talking last week about seeing via Zoom, via, via video screen on Zoom, so those two reasons would, would, would not be relevant anymore. I, I, I'm not seeing him live, but I am seeing him. I get to read his um, facial expressions. I see the visual clues, excuse me, and I have the visual feedback to hook me in. That would still apply, but we did say last week there is a third idea, which is, you know, something that my Bame shared with me, and it is, it's an idea that I've seen, I've seen this brought down also, that there is an idea that part of Torah is, is a Kesher Nafshi. Here's where we get into the spookiness again, a sort of bonding of Nishamas, and, you know, he's sharing something that his Nishama pulled down, I want my Nishama to be macabre. There's an idea of, like, the spookiness, the Nitzaitis, what we call the Nitzaitis, so that you definitely don't get via Zoom, but the other two things you do get via Zoom. So, there's three Madrigas, Let, let's just to summarize in terms of should you, you know, how much of an effort, should you be making an effort, how much of an effort to see whomever you're hearing shear from, and is there a big difference between hearing something live, you're catching it on Zoom, hearing something live, catching it in WhatsApp land, hearing something live, you're seeing it, you know, via video hookup. So, three reasons and, and then the three madrigas. <clears throat> Two reasons why you should see the Rebbe Yadar Chapshad again for the attention, and to make sure I really understand what he's saying. So it's never ideal just to hear something without seeing, but it's better than not learning Torah at all. Obviously, if there's your only availability to learn Torah from someone is to hear it, that's better than not learning, certainly. That's your Yitzit Talmud Torah, you're getting Torah, that's better than, if that's your only option, go for it. If you can see someone, if it's not live, you see them a pixelated representation on a screen via video hookup, so you are getting those second two reasons, the first two reasons. You're, you're, you're going to be satisfying the opinion that the reason to see the Rebbe is to be more engaged, to be more focused, and also to, to make sure you're really understanding his intention. He's being a little facetious or sarcastic or whatever the other inflection may be. You're satisfying that even though you're not seeing his actual face. But there is still a Mila in seeing someone live, mamish, in person, teaching as he's teaching you Torah as opposed to just seeing him on a screen. And that's the ideal one. really should strive for that if that's possible. And the reason behind that is what we call the Nitzaitis. And there's the Neshamas can bond, whatever that means. And you get his Nitzaitis, whatever that means. But it, it means something. Okay? But again, not to mean the Chas Hashem. Someone should say, well, I can't come out and hear the Shir because I'm concerned about COVID or because I'm 4,000 miles away, so I guess I just shouldn't listen. No. Get whatever you can. If you can get... You know, you tune in on Zoom space, you tune in on Zoom space, you can see a person on a video screen, see him on, see him on the video screen, and if you can't even do that, get whatever you can. Okay, that's a hashlam of last week. Then one more thing that we didn't discuss last week, that we didn't discuss last week, um, get the thumbs up from Yitzchak Do you have uh, the video? Video, I can't see you, I, I don't know if you can see us. I don't know if you can see us, but we got the, the uh, uh, thumbs up emoji over there from Yitzchak HaKain. What? Doesn't get the Nitzaitis, yeah. You got with, with lots of emojis though. Lots of, I guess the emojis are there to compensate for the uh, Nitzitzes. Um Yeah. So last week we talked about teaching a Talmud She'ena Hogan. A, a student who, who is unworthy. A student who's unworthy. A guy who's a bad seed. A bad seed. What do you do with a bad seed? We went through all the ins and outs and 
we shared personal anecdotes of you know what happens when these these people can infiltrate higher levels of learning, and it is problematic what you do with it, and how we understand the Shulchan Aruch, when it's a problem, when it's not a problem. So we dealt with that extensively last week. What we didn't talk about yet is what we have, the converse of that, is Harav Sheino, this is Siv Ches, Harav Sheino Hoylech Bederech Toivo. What if the Rebbe's Eino Hogan? What if the Rebbe is, is problematic? He's Eino Hoylech Bederech Toivo. Av Kishachachem Gadolhu, V'chol Am Tzrichem Lo, even though he's a genius, a genius, and everyone needs him. You can't learn from him until he does tshuva. Until he does tshuva. There's two things immediately. First of all, the Shulchan Aruch is saying, without exceptions, you don't learn from him. But second of all, they're saying there is a musuk of tshuva. There is a musuk of tshuva. There is a musuk of tshuva. Um, and, and I think both of these need to be discussed and addressed over here. The first one, the, the, there's a categorical iser over here, learning from a Rebbe who's Eino Hagen. Who's improper? And uh, what, what does that mean, first of all? Rebbe who's improper. So it means lots and lots of things. Um, someone who's known to be... Um, many different things are brought down. Rebbe Shaina Hogan, someone who is known to have, have, have problems with, their, their, uh, with, with Midos. With Midos, that some, that such a thing is brought down. He has a, a reputation for just being an unpleasant person. Doesn't talk nicely to people. Doesn't deal nicely with people. You know, we were learning this morning. Zreik mora ala tamidim. Right? The Shulchan Aruch says that the Rebbe is sometimes supposed to, you know, challenge, push his tamidim, make life difficult for them, keep them on their toes, right? Shake them up, rough them up. That's within the mahalach of Talmud Torah. Okay, that, that's a din in teaching, but that's not a din in in benam Right? Sometimes you can have a Rebbe who takes this concept a little bit too far. Zreik mora tamidim says, you know, when I bump into him in the supermarket. I, I better be mean to him. Better not be nice. Better be impatient. I better be grumpy. That that's not what Shulchan Aruch is referring to. Is right Maral Tamidim. It's a din in Tamatar, not a din in life. So 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 there are places who say that that the Rav Shaina Hogan is already someone that's just known. He has a reputation for being an unpleasant person. He's not he's not someone that in real life is is a, you don't want to be sitting next to him on, an, on on the airplane for twelve hours. You know you don't even want to sit next to him. In the, by the gate for, for 45 minutes. He's not a pleasant person, doesn't talk nicely, doesn't conduct himself nicely, doesn't have good means. He's lacking. That, 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 that's something that's brought down. And certainly goes beyond that. Someone who has a reputation for Chas being involved in Averis, scandalous behavior, a scandalous breakout, uh, that's definitely called the Rav Sha'inahog. Once scandals start to break out. And it's interesting, it's brought down, the Gemara says already, you know, what does it mean? What, what, how much evidence do we need for, for a Rav Hogan to stay away from him? Even if we don't have solid, solid, solid evidence, but if there's persistent rumors about this fellow, rumors that don't go away, uh, a cold delight pusik that's already, that's, that's called Sari Shumane, his reputation is tarnished, he, he, people are, it, it, it's, it's something that, that is like on the streets, this is what everyone is saying, and it's not, it's not going away, it's not something that is, 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 is uh, dying out, and, 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 and it's picking up momentum. That's called the Rav She'en Ohogun. A Rav She'en Ohogun. And the Shulchan Aruch is paskening you stay away from such a person. You don't learn Torah from him. So what has to be discussed this morning is what does it mean you don't learn Torah from him? Um, what, what are the Gedarm of that? And, 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 and the why. What, what don't you learn and why is it that you're not learning? So in terms of... And, and, and one more question I think. Is it, it's interesting, the Shulchan Aruch says this categorically, you don't do it. It's categorical, it's categorical is there? You can't learn Torah from such a Rav. And everyone knows, you know, Zaf Yomi didn't know this, we'll, we'll know this, it's coming up. Those are from the Chagigashir. We had this quite recently. 
that we have a famous example of the Gemara, not like this. We have Rebbeir. Rebbeir had a couple of Rebbeim. He learned by Rabbi Kiva. Rebbeir also learned by Elisha ben Avuya, who was known as Acher. Very tragic figure in Talmud Bavli. Acher, Acher. Acher had, had a major downfall. And, and uh, Acher went off the derech big time. Elisha ben Avuya became very big apikaris, a heretic. Gemara says he was, he, he, to the degree that he had such a hatred of, of, of Tamri Chachamim, he, he, according to one approach in the Gemara, according to one opinion of the Gemara, he actually uh, he, he was guilty of murder, he killed them. Um, and if not murder, he, he was, it was, it was um, a, total, a total abandonment of, uh, of um, Emunas Haboyre and, and, and Yiddishkeit and, and Torah Mitzvahs. And yet, Remeir continued learning from Acher, from Elisha ben Avui, even after Elisha ben Avui went off the derech. Remeir kept learning from him. And they asked Remeir, what are you doing? You know, and, and they quoted, the, there's a Pesach quoted in the Gemara, which is the source for this halacha. They bring down the following Pesach, that's really the source for this halacha in Shulchan Aruch. Ki sif seikon yishmur das v'toyra yivakshem v'piyu, ki malach Hashem tzavakosu. Find a Rebbe to learn from, because he's a malach Hashem. So, the Gemara asks, the Gemara, the, Gemara, the Gemara makes the following observation of the Torah in this pause is comparing the Rav to the Malach. So the Torah is giving us the parameters of who you want to learn from. If the Rebbe is like a Malach, learn from him. If the Rebbe is not like a Malach, you don't learn from him. This, this formulates the source for this Halacha. You want to learn from a Rebbe, he's got to be a Malach Hashem Tzavokas. He has to be a Malach. Got to be a Malach. Someone who has a who goes off the derech, certainly not a malach, someone who has a tarnished reputation, rumors that, that are persistent, certainly not a malach anymore. But Remeir did learn from Acher, and they challenged him with this pasuk. So the Gemara has different ways of dealing with the question on Remeir, um, but the Gemara ends up saying that um, Remeir offered a counter pasuk. Remeir brought a different pasuk, a few different pasukim, that defended himself. You could learn from a Rebbe, even if he's not, not proper. You could learn from a Rebbe, even if he has problems. Shimi Bas Uriva had the Oznik Vashikhi Bas Shikhi Ameh. He brought down a different person to defend himself. The Gemara to resolve the you know the stero. One Pasik says you could learn from a Rebbe who's not good. One Pasik says you're not allowed to learn from the Rebbe. So the Gemara says Kanba Godal Kanba Kotam. It depends on the stature of the person himself. That if a person is a katan, he can't learn from a, a Rebbe who is improper. A Rebbe who has, you know, issues. If the person himself is a gadol. You're already a gadol, then you can learn from anyone, even Elisha ben Avuya. Remeir was a gadol. So this is what this is Gemara presents to us in terms of defending Remeir and resolving these two different psukim. Yeah, 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 you're going to get to that. That's right. That was the Mishalim, the Mishalim, how Remeir did it. Yeah, yeah, no, this, it's also it's in the Chagig over there. It's in the Chagig, it's Mamish in the Gemara. But like, that's Remeir explaining you know, what he did, but, but how you're allowed to do that. We'll give you the heter to do this. So the heter is this pasuk. He has psukim that, that are bagging him up, giving him a heter. So why is the Shulchan Aruch not bringing them down? Kan gadol, kan bekaton. Right? The Shulchan Aruch brings down a categorical issue. You're not allowed to learn from a Rebbe, a Rav Sheino Hogun. If he's not a Malch Hashem Tzavakos, if there's rumors going around about him, rumors that he's involved in this scandal, that scandal, or he's just not a, his Beinam al-Chaver is severely lacking, you're not allowed to learn from him. But bring me down the, 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 um, the qualification. If you're a katan, that's true. If you're still a katan, you can't learn from it. If you're a gadol, 
then you could learn from such a raf. Why does the Shulchan Aruch not bring down this exception? So the, the Noise Kalim asks this, the Shach, the Shach gives two approaches, fascinating approaches. First, the first, Shach's first approach is the one that we're expecting, which is, we're all Ketanim these days. Remeyer was able to be a Gadol. If you're, if you're a Remeyer, then you can learn from anybody. If you reach the stature of Remeyer, you can become a Gadol, you can learn from anyone. Agav, what does it mean to be a Katan? It doesn't mean great, uh, big and small. What's the, what is the definition of being a Gadol? What's the definition of being a Katan? So the definition of Pashas is, have you made it? Did, did you graduate? A Gadol means someone who is self-sufficient. He doesn't need a Rebbe anymore. He's now, he is a Rebbe, he doesn't need a Rebbe. A Katan means someone who still needs a Rebbe. He's still being shaped still being molded and guided, so you have to make sure that if you still need to be guided, you need a guide who's a good guide. That's a cotton, that's a gadol. Um, so, the, so, so, so the shach's first approach is we're all ketanim. Even, even as we, you know, proceed in life and we progress in life and we, we, we uh, advance in life and we become people that can give over to others, but we still are needy. We still need a rav. We still need a rebbe. My rebbe had rebbe. I, I have a Rebbe who still has a Rebbe. And, and, and I, I have not yet had a Rebbe who has told me, who, who, who doesn't quote things in the name of his Rebbe. And I have not yet, I personally have never had yet a Rebbe who doesn't mention teachings that he got from his Rebbe. And I have a very close Rebbe of mine on a personal level who I know still, this is someone who is, who is at least 20, 25 years older than me. On a regular basis, a weekly basis, he goes and learns by his Rebbe. So that's the Shach's first approach. We're all still Katani. You know, there doesn't come a point in our careers where we don't still benefit from guides and teachers. So if that's the case, we never can make it to the state of a gadol. So we have to be very careful never to take a rav she'en ha'agun. Okay, so that's, that's one pshat. All right, so maybe that's why Shulchan Aruch doesn't bring that because it's irrelevant. The, the shach says another pshat, which is we don't paskin like Rav Meir. And the shach's not the only one that says this. I think the Marsha also says this. There's a way of learning the Gemara that even though Remeir justifies himself and brings a positive defending himself, but the Chachamim disagree with Remeir. The Chachamim say, no. Mal Chashem Tzavokas, um daima rav, lamal Chashem Tzavokas, tori v'akshem unaccept, without any exceptions, un unconditionally, categorically, you can't learn from someone who's not Hagayin, even if you're a Gadol. And this is the Shach's second approach, and, and other Mepharshim say this, that in Halacha, we disagree with Remeir. In Halacha, we all, that Remeir was doing the wrong thing, in Halacha, we don't condone this. No matter how great you become, you can't learn from a Rav Okay, so, so we're definitely chayshu with both of these approaches, and, 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 and that's why, according to each approach, Shulchan Aruch does not bring down any exceptions. As far as we're concerned, there's no exceptions. So as far as we're concerned, the halachas, you cannot learn Torah from a Rav She'en Now, why, why not? What's the reason behind this? The Nasina's time, you mean? The reason? I mean, he brings the Isser. He brings the Yisr. Right. He doesn't bring the Pasuk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good horror. Don't know. I hear the horror. Um, what's the reason you can't learn from a Rav Sheinu Hagun? And, and the, 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 actually, that question helps us get the parameters of this a little bit better. So, so Revelia Bear mentioned just a moment ago that Remeyer, when he was, Remeyer was attacked by his contemporaries. And he was, he was asked all the time, well, how can you do this? How are you learning from Elisha ben Avuyo? He's a huge apikairus. He says, he's, he can't get a, stay away from this guy. How can you learn from him? So Remeyer defended himself with Mishalim, and he gave two different Mishalim. In two different places in Chagig, he gives two different Mishalim. He gives two different Mishalim. 
And these Mishalim, interestingly, the Mefarshim point out, constitute really the reason why we disagree with Rebbeir. Rebbeir gives two different Mishalim, both involve fruit. One place, that when Rebbeir was asked, how can you learn from Elisha ben Avui? He said, well, it's like a, I'm like a Yid who finds a date. You, when you have, find a date, you eat the whole date, eat the whole thing. You can't eat the whole thing. There's a pit in the middle where you eat the, 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 the fruit. And you take the pit and you throw the pit away. So that's what I do when I learn from Elisha ben Avuya. I take the fruit and I throw away the pit. I'm okay. But he gives another mashal elsewhere in, in the same sugya. He says that it was, I'm like a yid that finds a pomegranate. You need to find a pomegranate. You eat the whole pomegranate like you eat an apple. You wash it off and take a bite out of it. No, you can't do that, right? Everybody knows that, right? You can't take a bite out of a pomegranate. You got to cut it up. You eat the seeds. You eat the inside and you throw away the klipa. So that's what, I, what I'm doing when I learn from Elisha ben Avuya. I, I slice it open, I take the seeds, and I throw away the klipa. Two different mishalim he gives in two different places, one about a date, one about a pomegranate, they're both about fruits. But why do you need two different mishalim? So it's very interesting, before I should point out something hafladic. There is a, a very critical difference between the two mishalim. They're both about fruits, and they both involve, you know, you can eat part of it, and the rest you can't eat, so you have to throw some, chuck some, and eat some. But they're opposite, opposite Mishalom. With a date, you eat the outside, you have to throw away the inside. With a pomegranate, you eat the inside, you have to throw away the outside. Two opposite Mishalom. And Remeir gives both because there's two reasons you can't learn from a Rav Hagun. There's a problem with his insides and there's a problem with his outsides. There's an inside you have to throw away and there's an outside you have to throw away. On a Kishka's level and on a Chitsonia, superficial level. What's the problem with the outside of a Rav Hagun? With the outside, like the pomegranate, you have to chuck the outside. That's his hanhog, is how he conducts himself, how he acts, how he talks to people. You, you, when you sit by a Rebbe, you're, you're trying to absorb everything from him. If it's a, a Rebbe, a Rav, that just doesn't, as we said earlier, his Benam Chaveroi is awful, is rotten, doesn't know how to talk to his wife, doesn't know how to talk to his kids, doesn't know how to talk to his peers, doesn't know how to talk to people. He's not a nice person. Not a nice person. So his, he's like the pomegranate. The outside, is, the outside is bad. You can't eat the outside. There's a problem with the chitsonius how he conducts himself, how he acts. But there's also a problem with Rav Sheinah Hagun with his kishkas on his inside, with his, 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 his ideologies, how he thinks about life, how he functions at an inner level, at his core. And Rav Sheinah Hagun could have problems with his ideologies, with his outlook on life, and that's why he's doing Gafiris. And you have to be afraid and concerned that if I learn from Rav Sheinah Hagun, the exterior will affect me, how he conducts himself, and his interior, his, his, his deus, his, his mindset, his approach to life, his approach to thinking, his approach to learning, his approach to Torah. His approach to Torah is also off. The inside and the outside. So Remeir said, I was able to throw away the, the problem with his kishkas, with the inside, with the panemius, that's the date, and I was able to throw away the problem with the outside. But we, we who disagree with Remeir, we hold in the halach, you can't take a rav, she'ino hagen, so we have to be concerned for the inside and the outside, the chitzainius. The Hanhogas, how he conducts himself, and his day is his ideology, his philosophies. His philosophies. These are two problems with learning from Rav Shein Hagen. How he acts is going to affect me, and how he thinks is going to influence me and affect me. Memela, we can understand now something the place can discuss, which is good, so you can't learn by a Rebbe, a Rav Shein Hagen. But what about learning his Svarim? I want to learn his Svarim, his writings. I want to, I'm not going to sit by him, I don't want him to affect me, but I'll, he, he wrote a lot of Svarim, he was Mechaber Svarim, I'm going to learn his Torah inside. The overwhelming opinion of the, of the uh, contemporary Paiskim is, you can't do this either. 
There's maybe a minority opinion that we distinguish, but the overwhelming opinion is if he's a Rav, if he's a Hashem you can't learn his Sfarim either. And we understand why. Because he's not going to influence me when I learn his Sfarim through his Hanhagas, through how he acts, but his, his ideologies, his mindset, his deus will still influence me because how he thinks is off, clearly, because he's Eino Hagan, because look, look, look what he does. And that's going to show up in his Torah also. That's going to show up in what he writes. You have to stay away from himself. You have to stay away from his writings. No, so that's the problem. If you're a mayor, you can figure out where he's on or where he's off in his writings. If you're us, who knows? You see, he's off in his days. He's off in his thinking. So who knows what he wrote that was a little bit off that wasn't Ali B'dilchasa. He's not capable of Asuk Yishmai, Ali B'dilchasa. That's right. You, got, you have to, can't, you can't, you can't, that reason story, that reason story, Chaim Walder, you have to take any advice and throw it out the window. You can't learn any of his books, any advice that he gives is crumb. Because his kishkas are, are crumb. Panemius. Panemius. The Panemius is also off. His advice is treif. What? Yeah, he went public. That's okay. And that, we have to get some, you know, to figure out how to get people to listen more, you know? So this, we want to go viral over here. I'm, talking, I'm not talking about his stories right now. I'm talking about his advice. And a lot of his stories are advice anyway, for kids. Any advice is crum, is treif. Again, if you're Reb Mayer, it could be sometimes. Maybe he got it right once in a while. That could be. That could be. That could be. But we have to be chayshish that, 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 that many places where he's trying to give advice, he's off. He's off because we see that his days are off. Yeah, it, it, it might be great. You might get lucky. You might get lucky. You, you might get lucky and get great advice from him. That's right, that's right. But, but now that it's Nisgala, that he, had, he was rotten at the core, that he had, he had prominence panemius, so you have to be chayshu. Maybe his advice is not so good. Maybe he had Nagiyas. Maybe some of his advice would color. He wanted, he wanted, he wanted uh, everyone to reach out to him. He wanted to become popular. We, we discussed this in Orat Torah a number of weeks ago. We went through the sugi already. But you have to be chayshu now. So, so you know what? You know, you know what the response is? You, you have to find someone else to give it. There's, there's Baruch Hashem, the Rebbein Shalom takes care of Klai Yisrael. There's going to be other people that we can get advice from. We're not Sani Shumane. Other people, you get advice now from other people. If you're Rib Mayer, you can learn through the whole range of everything that he wrote. You can say, this is good, this is not good, this is good, this is not good, this is not good, this is not good, this is good. You have to be a Godel. You have to be a Godel to do that. You have to be a to do that. The advice now has to be, has to be regarded as treif. Um, so, so this is why, again, it says, Torah, his advice is, is, he's trying to give advice based on Das Torah, his Shikola Das. His Das has to be regarded now as Krum. Right. So, so remember what we said before, the rumors that don't die down are what we have to be chayish for. The, the Rambam, the Kleisos accepted the Rambam. The rumors have, have died down. Sure. The Rambchal, Rabbi Yedis Naibashitz. No, 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 no. The problem is that he was giving wrong advice the other way around. Because of what went public about him, we have to be chayish that his advice is not good advice. Right? Okay.
you shouldn't burn the Rambam. Right? Okay. Right. But if you were living in that generation, Rabbi Hoffman, if you, I'm sorry, Rabbi Hoffman, if you have access to extension cords and uh, plug-in cords, we're getting a message here that Barry's running low. I agree with you. Listen, 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 listen. listen. If, if 100 years from now, they exonerate the aforementioned author, then 100 years from now, they'll start reading his books again. But right now, listen, right now, we can't read it. Right now, you can't do it. What do you want? What do you want? If you were living in the time of the Rambam and your, and your Rebbe told you, you were living in the time of the Rambam and your Rebbe so told you stay away from the Rambam, you'd be chived to stay away from the Rambam. Good, ask him why. And if he explained to you, you'd have to listen to him. But you're right, the Rambam has been exonerated. The Rambam has been exonerated. If you... Oh, oh, there we go. Okay, weiter, weiter, final proof. Now, weiter, 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 weiter. Okay, anyway. Um, I have, did we have Ovda? I was once sitting by one of my Rebbeim in my younger Shayar, and I was a fresh younger man. And I had, I was like to have, uh, once a week I had a Maralvad with a Rebbe of mine. And the fellow showed up with a very thick safer on the Maral written by, uh, someone wrote his Perushim, his Torah on the Maral. And this Rebbe looked at him and said, You should put that away. He said, Why? What do you mean? I just bought this. I spent 60 shekels. He said, No, you should put it away. He said, Why? You can't trust anything that he writes on the Maral. This is someone who had been caught in a huge scandal. Huge scandal. Yeah, this is something that nice goes back. This is when I first got married. We're going back like 40, 50 years. He said, that fellow was caught in a huge scandal. A huge scandal. He said, yeah, okay, but, but he wrote Torah on the Maral. He said, you can't trust any of his Torah. He said, I personally, the Rebbe said, I flipped through it. I, he was a very big bucky, in this, this, this Rebbe in the Maral. He said, I know, you know, I, I flipped through it. He knows right away. Here's a Shver Maral. Here's a Shver Maral. I look for every place that's a Shver Maral. He doesn't say anything. Nothing to say over there. The same idea is, is that on a kishka's level, someone that gets caught, you know, in scandalous behavior, we always have to be chayshish that on a level of, something, something went off somewhere. He was off in his ideology somewhere. You got to stay from him in person, uh, stay away from him in person, and stay away from him in print. Because it's going to influence us. We want to keep our das Torah pure and, 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 and uh, clear and clean. We want to find rebeim that are daimu So our das Torah remains clear. And there's other, there's Bar Hashem, we're not a Dor Yashon, there's so many good books out there, so many people to get advice from, so many books to get advice from, and, and, and that's what we want to do. Um, let's just wrap up, let's wrap up with uh, the Hanhagas of the Talmud in front of the Rebbe. The Talmud comes to the Rebbe uh, to ask questions, so how is the Talmud supposed to conduct himself? So of course, don't, we know not to be embarrassed, if you're embarrassed you're never going to learn anything. Um, but also, the Talmud has to have a little bit of Rachmanus on the, on the Rav, on the Rebbe. The Mephurish and Shulchan Aruch, the Talmud can't ask Shaloi Ke'inyan, can't ask outside uh, of, of what's being learned over there. But let's just um, explain that. What does that mean? He can't ask off-topic. So um, what are the reasons he can't ask off-topic? There's two reasons that are given why he can't ask off-topic. One is that it's going to make life unpleasant for the Rebbe. If he doesn't have a good answer, it's, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. You're asking me, you know, you have a, 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 a steer between uh, a, a, two ritzvahs in, 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 in Perak HaZohav, and we're in the middle of learning Zvachim. You're going to throw, you know, oh, I found a shver, you know, I'm learning HaZov right now, ribbis, and I found a ritva, and daf nun vav, that says a ritva, and daf samach. So can you help me out with this? I'm not holding there, you know, maybe if I was holding, maybe I could help you out. Push it, I'm not holding. 
in the sugyas of ribis, that I can help you with a steer between two ribis. So it's embarrassing for the rav. It's embarrassing. You have to, you know, there's no mitzvah to embarrass the rav. And the second reason that's given is if you ask off topic, you might get the wrong answer. You might get the wrong answer. And you're gonna, there's going to be a travesty of, 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 of Tamatari. You're supposed to get clarity. You may end up with, 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 with a lack of clarity. You may end up with, with confusion as opposed to clarity. These two ideas show us you know, that sometimes we, we get wrong. We, we, we're off in what the purpose of a Rebbe is. Uh, a, a Rav, a Rebbe, is there to clarify things for us. And sometimes, you know, we do have this, especially when we're younger, we have this zeal, this enthusiasm to go, and we'll find a, a big Rav, a big Rosh Hashiva, and we'll fire away with all of our Shver Kashas that we've been saving up in our pockets, on Kedushin, Maseches Kedushin, Maseches Kedubas, and Yavamas, we'll start firing away. That's a misunderstanding of what a Rebbe is there for, even a Rosh Hashiva. He's not there to be the oracle. He's not there to be the magic eight ball. Now you bring all your crazy questions and he's there, his job is to, uh, this packet comes all the answers to your schwer questions on Yavamis, here comes all the answers to your questions on Kedushin, here comes all the questions and answers on, on, on your day. That's not his job, his job is to give you Torah with clarity. So let him teach you. Let him teach you. Very often we do this, A, because we have a misunderstanding of what the Rav, Rav's job is, and B, sometimes we want to impress him. We want to impress him, especially when we're young and hot-blooded. You know, I, I've been guilty of this before. In my younger shayarn, I remember when I was a bacher, I, 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 I uh, was by... What? That's right, that's right. Over six years ago. So I was once, I was by uh, a chasna who was you know, several years older than me. Um, and uh, um, so I was, uh, you know, I think I was in Masift at the time, high school bacher, but really, you know, all like... Burning with enthusiasm, passion, hot-blooded, and and he had the Masada Kedushin was a very one from what the Russia Yeshiva of of, of Neri Yisrael of Baltimore, and I chapped him. I was like went over to him with a geshmak. I chapped him right before, right before he was the Masada Kedushin. He was I chapped him right before the chuppah, which is every Masada Kedushin is just waiting for you to come over with your steers in, in Maseches Bab right before he goes up to be Masada Kedushin. Of course, that's what he, what else is he waiting for, right? Nothing, nothing else to do with this time. And I had a shver around in Maseches Psachim. Something like that. So I, spent, I you know, I, yeah, talking around. Yeah, I don't know what was chatting around over here. See, I still remember Adiyam as he looked at me and said to me, "So what do you want to say? So what do you want to say?" And that was the only answer I got from him. So what do you want to say? Very deadpan, very matter of fact. No, so what do you want to say? And what was he telling me? He was telling me. Like, if you're holding in the Ran, if you're holding in this, you know, you have a Fatif Takash and a Ran, a Mesechas Psachim, and an Isurei Hana, so you presumably have an answer. Maybe you, obviously you just want to share with me your Torah. So, so what do you want to say? I'm not here to clarify right before this fellow's chuppah to clarify your Shver Ran and Sugi of Ravavo, Isurei Hana, Psachim. That's not my job. That's not what I'm here for. We make this mistake all the time. The, the Rav becomes the magic eight ball. He's there to answer all the questions, and he's there for us to impress him. So he's telling me, okay, so, so what, what, what do you want to say? What's your answer? I don't have an answer for you. I'm not holding that. So Rabbi Yisai, Rabbi Yisai, it's so important to know the function of the Rav, of the Rebbe, is to give Torah with clarity. So we let him teach us. We don't try to stump him. He's not there to stump. Now, however, the Paiskim do say, they do say, there's, a cap, there's an exception over here. When it comes to Psak Halacha, there's no such thing as where he's holding is not he's holding. That, uh, psak, you have a Shaila Halacha Lemaisa, you can ask any shayla anywhere in halach lemaisa, and hopefully he has the answer. If he has the answer, he'll give the answer. If he doesn't have the answer, it's like, okay, I'll come back to you. But that is okay that you are allowed to ask him because for two reasons. A, he's supposed to be holding there. You know, if he's someone that's supposed to be giving a psak halacha. And B, we assume that he is 
um, uh, A, that's his job, and B, we presume that he, he is holding there, giving a psak halacha in general is in situations that if they come up for you, they probably come up for other people. Also, there are shayvahs that are to be expected. He probably is holding there. You know, he has to wear multiple hats. There's, you know, halacha, and there's lemaisa, and in his lemaisa, presumably he is holding over there, so you're not going to be putting him on the spot, and, and that is part of what his job is. But our responsibility is really to always know you know, the job of the Rav, the Rebbe, the Rosh Hashiva, the Mashpia, they're not there to be the oracle, to give us all the answers. They're there. Tari of Akshamipio, they're there to give us Torah with clarity. We shall be Zaycha, Lilmoy, Lilamid, Lishmoy, Velasis, with a lot of clarity. Thank you for joining.